1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Uh, Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We've got our picks coming up the end of the hour. Uh, We'll do our KOD picks and everything else. Again, if you go on ESPN Bet, the app, I've got a special boost for you on Sunday. If you believe the four quarterbacks will combine to throw over seven and a half touchdowns, you'll get plus 140. So that's Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. I personally think that is going to hit. Just to give you a little insight into the way these things go, they offer me the—I the, the I, I don't put up any of these seeing green boosts if I don't like them. Like, they'll say to me, Greeny, do you like this? And I do like it. I think that is a good bet. I think they're going to go over that. The weather in Baltimore, I guess, is a negative factor, but I don't see there being— Any game in which Patrick Mahomes does not throw one or two touchdowns, Lamar Jackson should certainly throw one or two. And I think the late game is a high-scoring affair. I think the late game... Is a, is, a, is a big number, unless the Lions just get worked, which I don't expect to happen. And even if they do fall way behind, I could see garbage time touchdowns coming late in that game. I think that the 49ers sell out to stop the run in that game, and so I think that you will see Goff throw some. T- I think Amon Ross-St. Brown is good for one. I like the over on that 7.5. You get plus 140 on the ESPN Bet app if you want it.
0: Yeah, the juice, uh, plus 140 is is a great value, candidly. Even if, I mean, even if you think it's a stretch to get to eight. That's a great number based upon the quarterbacks we have playing, the fact that the weather is going to be excellent in San Francisco, the fact that Detroit could be playing from behind and have to throw the ball a lot, and the fact that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a touchdown or two even if they don't wind up winning that game. So to get that at plus 140 I do think is a good bet, and no one's paying me to say that. So (laughs) Let
2: me give you a little something on the significance of the Lions being there. The Scoop. This is The Scoop. We're playing all music today from 1991, 1992. The last time that the Lions were in a conference championship game was January 12th, 1992. So it was the 91 season, the 92 playoffs. That's the last time they were in the championship game. I always love doing these. The what was going on in the world last time it happened. January 12th, 1992 is a long time ago. So let's go through a few of these. Dan Campbell was 15 years old. The last time the Lions played in an NFC championship game, Dan Campbell was 15 years old. Brett Favre and Deion Sanders were teammates in Atlanta. Favre had not yet gotten to Green Bay the last time the Lions were in a conference championship game. Think about that for a minute. It predates... Favre and Rodgers, they both had full, long Hall of Fame careers since the last time the Lions were in this point. Here's another one. The Lions are playing Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers. The last time the Lions were in the conference championship game, Christian McCaffrey's father, Ed, was a rookie with the Giants. His father was a rookie wide receiver. Jim Harbaugh was the starting quarterback for the Bears. I was covering that team back then when Jim was the quarterback. So that's sort of a sports look at the things that are going on in the world. But I then think it's sort of a little bit more fun to look at some of the other things that were going on in the world. Do you know what the number one song in America was? Michael Jackson, black or white, Which is a song that, I mean, Hembo's looking at me because he doesn't know it. Literally every other person on the face of planet Earth knows that song, remembers the song, remembers the video, remembers Macaulay Culkin in the video. That's the last time. That song was number one in the country. The last time that the Lions were in the conference championship game. You know what the number one movie at the box office was? The last time the Lions were in the championship game? I'll give you a hint. A census taker once tried to test me.
3: I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti.
2: That is Hannibal Lecter. Please
0: tell me
1: you know what that is, Hannibal. I know? know
0: what that is, but I've not seen the movie.
1: It's a great movie. Oh, it's I mean it's, so good. That's one of the best so movies ever. It's not a horror movie, guys. It's, it's not a horror, horror movie. It
2: holds up. It's, it's a thriller. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a psychological movie. thriller. Speaking basically.
4: of Michael Jackson.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a scary movie, but it's not a horror movie. It holds up beyond belief. It's just so great. It's it is as good a movie of its genre as you will ever see. It was the number one, it was it won best picture that year. That's a great movie. I slept with the light on for like a month. So how is it not a horror movie. movie? It isn't. It's, it's, it's a, it, is a, it is a scary movie, but it's not a horror movie. It's not like one of those that you watch like covering your eyes all the time. It's just, it's just one that you sleep with in the light? Impossibly suspenseful, and he created an incredible character. Anyway, Roseanne was the number one sitcom on TV. The Nintendo Game Boy had just come out. Bubba, in fact, had just gotten one for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not much <laughs> of... The, is, is, the, is the Game Boy the one you hold in your hands? Is yeah, that, the that, was the, that
1: was the smaller
2: handheld one. Yep. Yeah, what, what, what then replaced that? Because my son... Stevie didn't have a Game Boy. He had something else that he held in his hands and played little games on. I forget what it was called now. It wasn't called a Game Boy. Was it a
4: DS? It was a
2: DS. That's exactly right. It was a DS. uh, Much later. That was the
4: evolution of
2: the Game Boy. So this was when... You know how much gasoline was? What is gas now? When, if you if you drive past a gas station, what what are you, what are you expecting to pay for? Three and a half, four dollars a gallon. It's a it was a dollar nineteen a gallon. Oh my gosh. The last time the Lions oh. were in it, Bubba was seven <laughs> years old. Cam was five and a half years away from being born. The last time <laughs> the Detroit Lions made it, and I want to say something about how this happened, because we're sitting here. We had a whole segment earlier this morning about coaching hires, and. The reality is the people who own National Football League teams, by and large, have to be incredibly smart business people because, by and large, they've built incredibly successful businesses, which is why I've never understood why they make such unimaginably bad decisions when it comes to leadership for their organizations, trying to race out and grab the the, the hot X and O coordinator all the time as though that has anything to do with the job of head coach. Here's what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit. However much credit you give him, it's not nearly enough. We just pointed out that it's been 30 years. Gas was $1.19 a gallon, and, and Black or White by Michael Jackson was the number one song in America, the last time this team was a team to take seriously at all. That is a lifetime, for Cam at least, literally a lifetime ago plus. And so when every coach gets hired, what do they say? What do this first thing every single coach in every sport, pro football, pro basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, college basketball, college football, you name it, men's or women's, doesn't matter. What's the first thing every coach says they want to do? We're going to build a culture. Build a culture. And that is the hardest thing to do because 90% of them fail. That is what this guy has done in a place that it probably seemed impossible. History told us it was the hardest place in the world to do it because no one had been able to. For 30 years, they were a laughingstock. And Dan Campbell built a culture. And if you watched the post-game interviews on the field after they won that game against Tampa last week, and you heard Frank Ragnow, and you heard Jared Goff, and you heard uh, the linebacker who made the interception. I lost his name. Derek Barnes. Derek Barnes. And you heard uh, Aiden Hutchinson being interviewed on the field by Melissa Stark and um, uh, whoever else was doing the game. I apologize. Whoever else was doing the game, Kaylee Horning, I think it was. Doesn't matter. The point of the story is, If you listen to what they were saying, they were talking about the culture. They were talking about how happy they were for each other. They were talking about how they play for their teammates. They were talking about what has been built there, and that's why they are where they are, and they aren't going away. They didn't catch fire. They didn't catch lightning in a bottle. They didn't have better X's and O's. They built a culture. They had a coach and a general manager who are walking in lockstep with each other. The general manager knows exactly what the coach wants. They have a vision of what they want their team to be, of the players they want, of the character they want, of the, of, of what the what the game is going to look like when they play it. And they zig where a lot of people zag. They took a running back. They took an off-the-ball linebacker. They did all these things that the quote-unquote geniuses always tell you you can't do. How do they look now? They built a culture in a place that it looked like it would never happen. So to me, however much credit you give Dan Campbell, it 's not enough.
0: and Brad Holmes, their general manager, just one executive of the year. green, you 've done the draft for each of these years. It is unbelievable, looking back over the last three, how many picks have they like how many guys that they have drafted just within the last three years that have been incredibly impactful. This year, it's Gibbs, Campbell, Laporta, Branch. Last year, it's Hutchinson and Williams. The year before, Sewell, Melifonmu, St. Brown, the aforementioned Derek Barnes. This team is loaded with players in their first three seasons under contract, drafted together, developed together, built together, and that's why I think this thing has sustainability. Jared Goff's not even 30 years old yet, by the way. The, The trade for Stafford wound up working out so well for both teams. And their ability to draft and then develop the players that they've drafted and to do that together has given them an opportunity to
2: go head-to-head with the Packers for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, we always talk about the trade that benefits both teams. We very rarely get them. In this case, we got it. No matter what else ever happens, the Rams came out great in that trade because they won a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. That, that, that is in cement and it will never change. But it's inarguable that the Lions won that trade, too, for all the reasons you just described. So in that case, that's the way these things should work. We shouldn't be trying to hoodwink each other. You got a deal. Does this work for you? It works for me. Let's do it. We don't have nearly enough of that in America these days, which is a whole other conversation. But let's, let's stick to the football here for a moment if we can. How wonderful is this? The Lions have done it. So I will be honest with you. I like Kyle Shanahan a lot. I like McCaffrey. I like a lot of those guys in um, – I love Debo Samuel. I like a lot of those guys in San Francisco. I'm rooting like crazy for Detroit. You think they got a real shot? I'd love to see them do it. Well, everyone tells me no. Everyone whose opinion I value besides Ryan Clark has told me not only does San Francisco win the game, but they win it easily. And I know you think that too. I
0: think that too. But I will say this. If we're living in a world in which Brock Purdy gets rattled early, if we're living in a world in which clock management – is called into question, if we're living in a world in which coaching on game day could make a difference, give me the Lions. Because what I know for sure is that Dan Campbell is not going to leave any timeouts in his pocket, isn't going to leave any fourth down plays in his playbook, and I know for sure that Kyle Shanahan's going to do what he always does, and that's coach conservatively and coach not to lose. So if this game is close, I would absolutely give an edge to Detroit, but I'm just not so sure they have the
2: personnel. So so are are you telling me this because you have such high regard for Campbell and his coaching staff or because you have serious question about Kyle Shanahan coaching in a big game?
0: The answer is both. Dan Campbell has done an outstanding job. And I think the fact that he looks like he does and talks like he does Totally overlooks the fact that he's like a football savant and that he listens to the people in his headset saying, oh, this is going to improve our win probability if we go for this fourth down here when no one else in the league would. And if you do that enough times and win against San Francisco, that's going to create points for you. Did you watch the way that Kyle Shanahan coached the end of the first half in that game last week? That would be terrifying. To me, if I were a fan of the San Francisco 49ers, because we've seen him blow it. We saw him blow it in the Super Bowl. We saw him blow it again. We saw him blow it in two Super Bowls. We saw him uh, last week against the Packers be the reason why they left points at, on the board there, too. That's who Kyle Shanahan is. His players have to be so much better than the Lions players to make up for the differentiation in coaching, in my opinion.
2: That's an interesting take because I think Shanahan. So, what you're saying is that there, there are a variety of skillset, Excuse me, skill sets involved. In being a great coach, because Shanahan is obviously rolling in some of them, he has built a system that we are sitting here saying it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, you can't beat them. I want him Monday through Saturday, almost, but ahead then of almost Sunday a- you lose your faith in Absolutely. him. Absolutely, yeah. When, when we saw
0: that stat last week, not only have they not overcome a lead, but they've also he's also called game plans just absolutely terribly for 10 years in the playoffs when his team has no business losing those games, and they often do.
2: This is Greeney. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. <laughs> Sneaky Hemba. Uh, who coached, uh, who, as a head coach, who coached the most seasons without ever winning a Super Bowl? Which NFL head coach coached the most seasons in the Super Bowl era, obviously, right? This is not George Halas. No, it's not going to be some ancient coach. So it's someone, I mean, my point is he coached 30 years and there wasn't a Super Bowl. So it's a coach who's coached, whose tenure is only in the Super Bowl Since era. Since 1966.
4: Their, their tenure is only as a head coach. Can they have stopped being a head coach at certain points?
0: Uh, how many seasons were they a head coach? Who coached the most seasons as a head coach during the Super Bowl era without winning one. Are you
2: understanding the specificity that we require in order to have a fair shot at answering? You seem put off by this.
0: A question is only confusing if you choose to be confused.
2: No, that's not right. That is so not true. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The concision and the conciseness and precision of your speech by trying to shorten little phrases that don't require shortening. Mm -hmm. Happy new. Maybe you should be working a little harder. You of all people should appreciate what Joe did for you.
0: Nothing could be more clear than either of these two questions. You guys are giving me a hard time, which is fine, but I'm 100%
2: right. Okay, so who coached, head coached, the most seasons in the NFL without ever coaching in a Super Bowl? Without ever winning a Super Bowl. Without ever winning. So coaching in a Super Bowl is acceptable. Mm -hmm. Winning a Super Bowl is not. The answer is next, ESPN Radio.
5: H E L P dot com slash greeny, G R E E N Y.
1: Greeny, the podcast. Greeny
2: with you on ESPN radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Game picks coming up later in this hour, but right now. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills?
1: This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky?
0: Among all head coaches in the Super Bowl era, who coached the most seasons
2: without ever winning a Super Bowl as a head coach? So I have three names written down, and I still have not decided in my own mind which one I want to say. (laughs) Um, In fact, I think I'm I'm willing to to eliminate one of them. So I've, I've got two names written down here. I'll go first. I've written down the names Marty Schottenheimer and Bud Grant. Grant coached the Vikings forever. And got to a bunch of Super Bowls and didn't win any. Marty coached a long time in Cleveland, and then a long time again in Kansas City, and then had and then again in San Diego. Oh yeah, that's it. I'm going Marty. My answer is Marty Schottenheimer. Lock it in. That is also Brandon's guess and also Jack's guess. So Brandon, Jack. Well, that gives me a lot
1: less confidence. Too late. I, I'm, I'm ready to throw my pick away now. <laughs> if Brandon and Jack are on my side, Bubba. Yeah, I think the Schottenheimer makes a lot of sense. The first name that came to mind was Marv Levy for me. That was uh, the one I crossed out. That yeah. was the third name I had. Those
4: are the three I have.
1: Yeah, um, I'm just going to stick with my initial inclination, which was Levy. I like the Schottenheimer. But I'm going to stick with Levy. I don't. I don't like it, but I'm sticking. With, I'm going to stick with Levy. Three Marty's and a Marv. How about
2: you, Cam?
4: Yeah. Do I go with the group or try and pick one off with? Bud Grant, I don't, I just don't understand how it can't be Marty Schottenheimer. But that's why it seems so obvious because he, it feels like he was around forever with three different teams. Oh gosh, I'll go with Marty, but uh, I'm gonna be mad if it's four Marty's other ones.
2: and a Marv. No one went with Bud Grant. Hembo. The correct answer is Dan Reeves.
0: Uh, Dan Reeves is the correct answer. He stink. coached 23 seasons without winning a Super Bowl. God, oh, Broncos, man. Giants, Falcons.
1: Come on
0: didn't think of him at all. Let me give you that leaderboard. So it's Reeves with 23, Jeez. Chuck Knox and Jeff Fisher, excuse me, Chuck Knox with 22, oh, and then Fisher. Jeff Fisher and Marty Schottenheimer with 21.
2: That's a great list. Does it keep going? Do you have Bud Grant?
1: Bud there? Grant
0: has 18, Marv Levy 17.
1: Wow. Reeves.
0: Man, Reeves.
2: It's
1: a fair question. It's a fair I, question. I can't,
2: I can't argue with yeah. the I question. I like your
1: question on Get Up today. Oh, stop! question I get up, suck. A2 Brute? Oh, you suck. It's horrible. Gene Upshaw. Terrible question. His family wouldn't have gotten that right.
2: Gene Upshaw is in the Hall of Fame. Right, but he was a guard... And no one is going to think of him in 40 years after he retired that he played in the most conference championship games. And and I liked Gene. He was the the, the executive director of the NFLPA. A great man. One of the great football lives of all time. Mount Rushmore Raider. I'm not diminishing Gene Upshaw in any way. However, I think you are an embarrassment. You have stooped. To the level because Graziano has so humiliated you, you have stooped to the level now of creating questions no one could ever get right.
0: Not true. What makes my segment great on TV is that I handicap every question to the competitor so that we get about each half of them right that's when the game is at its best so I'm not going to ask Harry Douglas that question but I can ask Dan Graziano that question because he's won each of the last three season
2: series by a lot you, you, could, you could resurrect Gene Upshaw and ask him that question and he wouldn't get it right no one knows that uh, it's just the most random thing in the, I've ever heard in my entire life alright let's move on to something else
5: I'm sorry what?
1: what, what,
5: what? I'm sorry
1: What? what? I'm sorry. What? I'm
2: sorry. What? All right, Chris Mad Dog Russo on his radio show, Mad Dog Sports Radio, is already ready to crown Patrick Mahomes.
3: I've been watching quarterbacks since Namath and Unitas, okay, back in the mid-60s, and Star, I saw him. Maybe not quite in Johnny U's peak form, and mid-late 60s on, he still was playing, He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, I I don't know what else to tell you. He, he's the best Mahomes. This is he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. There's nobody better than this kid. He's unbelievable. He's in all the big games that he's ever played in that I can recall. He's had one bad half. Other than that, he he's 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 mind boggling good. Uh, I know Brady won the six and won the seventh with Tampa, uh, but Brady does have a little bit of a game manager component to him. And I know Brady's the wonderful winner and we all know his competitiveness. And listen, we all know it. So, I mean, you want to say he's the GOAT of all time, say it because he's got seven, one without Belichick. And I can't argue with you too much if that's what if that's the point is. But for my money, 64 years of age... Sports shows for 40 years and watching football since the Ice Bowl. Oh, really, before that, 66, Dallas and Green Bay. That's a long time ago. All right, and then 67, Ice Bowl. This is the best quarterback I've ever seen.
2: All right, that was Chris Russo. I'm 56 years old. I don't go back as far. The first real game, the first time I ever remember watching a championship game, I remember watching... The Dolphins, the perfect Dolphins win the Super Bowl with my dad. I remember Gary, a premium, that legendary play and everything else. So that's early 70s. So I did not see Starr. I did not see Unitas. I obviously didn't see Otto Graham and anyone that came before that. The really first legendary quarterbacks I watched were Terry Bradshaw, Roger Starback, Ken Stabler. That was that era of great quarterback play. That gave way to Montana, who was unreal, And was then joined by Marino and Elway, who came along, and maybe a half a step down from them, Jim Kelly, who was an all time great, but not on the same level as those. And then came Favre, trying to think who I'm forgetting. Uh, Troy Aikman came along around that same time. Steve Young came around, you know, came along then in the 90s. Peyton Manning, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Breeze, I would put a half a step down from them. Um, am I forgetting anybody? Is there anyone in, the, in, in that group that I'm anyone that I should have mentioned in this time frame that I'm forgetting? Uh, Kurt Warner's not on that. I mean, he was a terrific player, but not like that. 100 uh, percent deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, but not 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 for this discussion for this discussion. Look, Tom Brady is the most accomplished of them all. And Mahomes has some distance to travel before he gets to that. But he's the best. I remember when Rodgers was playing Brady in the NFC championship game a few years ago, we described it as the goat versus the boat, the greatest of all time versus the best of all time. The best quarterbacks I ever saw are not always the greatest. They're not always the winners. I don't know why that is. I don't think that they're mutually exclusive qualities. It just has worked out that way. But the great winners, you know, the greatest of all time would be, to me, Montana, Montana, And then Brady, the best I ever saw playing the game. I always thought Starback was unbelievable. You couldn't throw a ball better than Marino did. To this day, no one has ever thrown a ball better than Marino did. Elway added an element of athleticism that most of the rest of them had not had. He ran around a little bit back there more than than quarterbacks traditionally did in those days. Um, Who else would be in this discussion? Peyton. In a regular season game, I would take Peyton right there next to anybody I've ever seen. Peyton Manning was ridiculously good. Talent, I would put Rodgers. I would have said to you two years ago, Rodgers is the most gifted quarterback I ever saw. But right now, the answer is definitely Mahomes. Definitely. He definitely does more things than anyone I've ever seen. He does them in the biggest of moments. He adds every intangible quality you're looking for. You love the leadership. You love the personality. You love the face of the franchise. You love he, there's nothing. I I don't like the term checks every box, but I can't think of another way to say it. He checks every box. He's the best. He is the best player I've ever seen in football. Certainly the best quarterback I've ever seen. And it's only a matter of time before he becomes the goat. Now I will throw in here quickly. These great quarterbacks are going to have like, f- let's call it a 15 year window let, let, maybe uh, Brady's what he did is let's call that unrealistic. L- let's say most of these guys, their greatness is going to be 15 years long. So he's what about halfway through it. So, so is that Yeah, right? that's, 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 that's is, cl- he's playing seven years. So maybe he's not even halfway through it. Here's what I, what I mean by that is I think Andy Reid is the second most important component of the greatness of the Chiefs. And I've got too many people around me speculating that Andy Reid might walk away at the end of this season. Dan Graziano, who doesn't joke around about anything, was engaging in that speculation. Adam Schefter, who engages in less speculation than any person I've ever met in my life, was willing to openly speculate about that on Get Up on consecutive days. So where there's that kind of smoke, there's fire. I'm not telling you I know anything, but I'm telling you if those guys are willing to talk about it on the air, it's a thing. If Reed retires, I think that could be a, make a big difference because I think he's a huge part of what they have going there. And clearly continuing to win, I don't think it'll make Mahomes less great, but continuing to win is a big part of this, and he may not win at quite the same level if he doesn't have the all-time great coach.
0: Yeah, you have that right. Uh, Although at this point in Patrick Mahomes' career, I I think, I wouldn't say almost anyone can coach him or them, but Andy Reid's biggest, like the biggest check on his side of the ledger is like the development of Patrick Mahomes, who I think is now a made man. And his playoff numbers are beyond belief. They've won 13 of his 16 starts. It's 38 touchdowns and 7 picks with a higher passer rating in the playoffs than in the regular season against the best defenses. And his team's average 31 points a game. He's the only quarterback in the history of pro football whose team's average more than 30 points a game in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. I think the much better comp for Patrick Mahomes is LeBron James, who I think is better than Michael, but greater is a different thing. Greater is something that we can only really do in a sober way when it's all done. We have the opportunity to see whose Zoom background has more gold stuff on it. But what I will say is that Patrick Mahomes, like LeBron James, He's going to factor into the championship every single year. Winning Super Bowls can be a little bit random. And the fact that Brady won two and beat him in 18 and then again in 20, that could wind up being the difference at the end in terms of who has the more. Between the 18 when he was in New England and then in 2020 with Tampa, beating Mahomes on the way to get there, that, wind up, that might wind up being who winds up having more at the end.
2: I don't want to get sidetracked into this, but I'm going to anyway. So you just said you think LeBron is better than Michael. And that's a fashionable thing to say. There are certainly things LeBron can do based upon his body that Michael couldn't do. LeBron James, at at his peak versus Jordan at his peak, LeBron is probably three inches taller, at least. And he probably outweighs him by, I'm very bad at this, 40 pounds? At least. Something like that. So, if that's what you mean by that, okay. But... As far as the actual skill of playing basketball, I'm not 100% sure, because I've heard a lot of people say that, enough that i find myself thinking about it. I'm not 100% sure I agree with it. I'm not 100% sure what it is that LeBron is better at than Michael beyond being bigger, and, and, and I guess being bigger in and of itself is a thing. So when, when my son, who is one of these LeBron, he calls him LeGoat, and my son and all his friends love LeBron, and they're not old enough to have seen Michael Jordan play. They love <laughs> Stevie. was I – t- I told you, Stevie was sick last week. He was home to shoot something, and yeah, he was sick in bed. That whole Nettie Pot story. Mm. I walk in from work one day. He's lying in his bed, you know, he's resting up. And he says, Dad, look what I'm watching. He sat, he binge watched Last Dance. And he had seen it, but he literally just sat there sick now. So here in 2023, my 21 year old son. Is, is watching you know, Last Dance and loves it. But, but anyway, the point is, he's a LeBron guy. And there's something to be said for this. You tell me if this is a good um, way to judge a player's greatness. And, and I'm, I'm going to spin it all back to Mahomes and Brady. He said to me, Dad, what is it you're saying about Michael that says he's better than LeBron? What, what is there left you can say besides the And I said, this is my answer. If you told me that one game is going to be played and my life depends on the outcome, meaning who wins this game is going to determine whether I live or die. And you say I can have any one person on my team. I'm taking Michael Jordan over anyone I've ever seen in any sport. And I will feel very, very good about my chances. I will buy green bananas, as the expression goes, because I'm going to live and you're going to die. Because if I'm going to take Michael and you don't have him and your stakes are the same, that's the same. So that's, that's my answer to that. Michael Jordan, if I had to play one game for my life, that's the guy I want playing it. So what does that have to do with this? If I ask you the same question and Patrick Mahomes at his best and Tom Brady at his best again their relative bests aren't the same and 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 football is more interreliant on other things and i you just pointed out they have played each other in 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 postseason games twice before and brady won both but but if i told you you have to win one game and your life depends on the outcome and you could have any quarterback in history to start it for you who would you take
0: i would take patrick mahomes i would take patrick mahomes cuz he can do more things he can mm-hmm. He can beat the other team in, in more ways. I, I truly believe that. Patrick Mahomes Who would is a,
2: you take to win the basketball game?
0: I would take LeBron James for the same reason, for the same exact reason. And,
2: I, and while I do understand— Can I to say this? I'm going to miss you. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. I'm going to live, and you're going to die. I'm 25 years older than you are, but I'm going to outlive you. If we have that, I love you, LeBron. He's one of the, he is maybe the second-best player I've ever seen. If, if, if there's a game to be won— you want Michael Jordan winning it for you. And I'll you. tell you what. You're not old enough to have watched him play. I'm sitting here telling you that right now. But
0: your life experience is is definitely biasing your opinion there, too. Because if you had spent years traveling with Cleveland, traveling with Miami, traveling with the Lakers, and seen what LeBron James did day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, you feel the exact same way about him that you did Michael Jordan. So. I don't think I so. I think so.
2: There's something about the winning. Like, if, if you had seen... Jordan, and the way – we shouldn't be having a Michael Jordan-LeBron conversation on this day. But, 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 uh, Hembo, excuse me, you are Hembo. Bubba, I'm giving you any quarterback. Your life depends on the outcome. Any quarterback you want to start that game for you
1: in the history of the sport, who are you taking? Well, I want to say Romo, but <laughs> – I guess we're not. really going to miss you, Bucks. Yeah. We said
4: quarterback the game, not no, call the game. We're making Brady. Yeah, Brady if you no.
1: wanted him to call the game, I could <laughs> yeah. I could appreciate that. I'm going Brady, no question. Brady 100%. Not a question. Yep. And Jordan to your other question. Not a question either. I mean, I didn't see him as much as you, but I saw him a decent amount, and it's no question it's Michael Jordan. Brady over Mahomes it would not be easy for me to say. Hmm.
2: Actually, Why? I'm not even I'm not even 100% sure. Why are we discarding Tom Brady like this? Uh, no one is doing anything of the kind. I discarding. just said he's the greatest player of all time. <sighs> the question is if I need to win one game. And look, he won more big games than
1: anybody. He won it more games than sounds like that's your anybody. answer then, yeah. I mean, for that same reason you want Michael, because he won the big games. Tom won the big games, and he did that. So, I mean, sounds like we're saying goodbye to you because Cam and I are living. I don't know. I'm not sure one way or the other. I need to think about that a little. Ask yourself that wherever you are right now, if
2: you're listening to this conversation. If you could pick any one, and that's the stakes now. We're not talking about accomplishments. We're not to, you just need to win one game. Who's the guy you want doing it for you? Who you got with the game picks is next on ESPN Radio.
1: Earlier on Greeny. I am not a fan of cheese. I find cheese, what?
2: generally speaking, to have an odor I don't care for. You're not a fan of cheese? No, I'm not. The only cheeses I like, I like mozzarella because it has no odor at all, so I like pizza. But if you shave some Parmesan on something, I'm not eating it. Hmm. Oh my God, it smells like the inside of a shoe.
0: If you had to pick
2: between a hard cheese and a soft cheese, who would you choose? Is death an option? This is Greeny. What the hell is going on? Uh, this is... I think this is
1: Greeny on ESPN Radio. <laughs> what is this song? You know, we were doing the thing from 1992. Everything was going well. We had Nirvana. We had Michael Jackson. We had MC Hammer. And then Hembo puts in a request. He says, hey, let's get a song from 1957 when the Lions last won a championship. So this is Pat Boone, <laughs> April Love. So. This this
0: is a great song, but that's... You know this song? Pat Boone's April Love? Yes. This is a... I, Yes, I've heard this song before. I could have recognized. Why have you heard this song? There's no Why way is you know it you don't song? know who
2: Paul McCartney is, because, but you know Pat Boone's "April Love"? Because McCartney's a tad contemporary for me in my taste. <laughs> That's true. The '60s are a little, are a little bit after your time. Yeah, very much so. My yeah. favorite period
0: in baseball is the '50s in New York. But the reason I wanted to request this um, request this song is because uh, 1957, December 22nd, to be exact, was the last day in which the Lions won a playoff game on the road. That's 67 years ago in a game between Tobin Roat and Y.A. Tittle. In San
2: Francisco, by the way. That's how long it's been. Okay, so uh, that's the reason But we played that song. Um, we're going to have to have a meeting about Thanks for the, the song choices there. as we continue one way or another. On we go here. It is time for Who You Got.
1: Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision.
3: Say it! Say it! All
1: right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, Bubba, take it away. All right, two games this weekend. Let's see how you do Sunday. Chiefs at Ravens, Baltimore, minus four. Who you got?
0: How are we doing the picks this week?
1: Yeah, how did we do last week? You
0: and I seem uh, to differ on this one.
2: It was two and two, I believe. We were two and two last week. Oh, you're asking how are we doing? Yes, because you and I uh, don't see eye to eye on these games like we did last. And sometimes when that happens, one of us messes up. So when in doubt, (laughs) let's just go with Hembo's picks. Here's what I'm going to say. Because our KOD picks are brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Download the app today. What to play. And I will tell you again, I have a boost on the ESPN Bet app right now. The over-under on all four quarterbacks' touchdown passes for Sunday is 7.5. If you go over, I'm giving you plus 140. So plus 140 on the over of seven and a half touchdown passes thrown by the four quarterbacks combined on Sunday. That's my boost. It's called seeing green. I'll let you make the game pick.
0: I'm playing the Ravens minus the four. They've got a better offense. They've got a better defense. They're at home. They're playing with a rest advantage. The the rain, they expect the rain in this game will be an advantage for them and their run game. And I think they have the perfect elixir. For Travis Kelsey and Kyle Hamilton, who has been outstanding in coverage this season, he won't be able to do his thing, and so I think the Ravens w- will be able to do theirs. I think they're going to win this game, and they're going to do so by more than
2: four points. All right, so we're given the points, and how about the NFC game?
1: Yeah, and by the way, there are there are four t- uh, four shows at six and four, and then we are five and five with two shows. So we're still in this; we still have a shot. We might have got last place, as you can see by the trophy. We got last <laughs> place in the regular season, but we still can win the playoffs. Last game: Lions forty nine ers, San Francisco. Minus seven, who you got? Play
0: the minus seven. I like playing the opposite of what I just saw in the NFL. I've made a lot of money doing that. What we just saw was the 49ers eke out a game in which Brock Purdy kind of looks a little bit shaky. But I think Kyle Shanahan is going to prey upon a Lions defense that gives up more big plays than any defense in the NFL. I think a lot of people are going to have to apologize for slandering Brock Purdy's name all week. He's going to play great,
2: and this is where that Lions run comes to an end and so those are the kod pick hashtag kod the kiss of death and in the meantime let's have a little fun to finish up
1: what's been a great week all right 46 years ago last sunday the soundtrack for saturday night fever goes number one <laughs> stayed there for 24 weeks hemo has no idea who you got for your favorite bg song oh bg song I, I have you ever seen the movie
2: saturday night fever by the way it's I've a not. great movie John Travolta is incredibly good in that movie. Um, and the Bee Gees did the soundtrack that was what sort of ushered in the disco era or it was the height of the disco era. And so I think a lot of people only associate the Bee Gees with disco, but they actually had multiple eras in a variety of genres. My favorite Bee Gees song is a song called Nights on Broadway. Does that, does that ring a bell to you at all? It does not. Blaming it all on the Nights on Broadway. It's a great song. And... Um, I have that on some of my, to this day, I listen to that on some of my playlists. So that is my favorite BG song. But there are a lot to choose from. And In fact, I would say most of the stuff that is on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack is nowhere near
1: my favorite BG song. Um, even though I love that movie. All right, Baba. Next, Journey's Steve Perry turned 75 on Monday. Who you got as your favorite Journey song? Do you have a favorite Journey song?
0: Yeah, they're a very famous wedding band. Uh, I think Don't Stop Believing. Hey, how about that? Look at them. Is my favorite wedding band song of, of theirs? Not what, what was
4: it's only first? the most famous song like yeah. ever,
1: <laughs> right? You, but I know it from being at weddings, it's not a wedding band song of theirs. I mean, I <laughs> that guess, also wasn't the question. I guess i will like, give you credit for correctly naming a song of theirs. That was somewhat impressive. The White Sox adopted
2: that as their theme song of the year they won the World Series. Also in two thousand five, you might remember that. I don't know if you do or not, but it's baseball. Even though they were, even though there's a South Detroit reference. Yes, it's not. A, it has nothing to do with Chicago, but they just like that song for I didn't whatever know that. reason. I don't remember that. Um, this guy what, even
1: knows the lyrics. Jeez. What was the famous
2: song? What was the first dance at your wedding? What was the first song you and Lizzie danced to? Uh, Earth Angel by the Temptations. Oh, from Back to the Future. Okay, <laughs> It's not
0: um, from Back to the Future? It's featured well, prominently, I mean, it is
2: from Back to the Future. Um, That's a good one. That's a good song. But because Journey also has another one of those songs, which is called Faithfully. That's a good. I'm um, forever yours, faithfully. Is that what you danced to? Too? No, but it's a, it is another. Oh. Uh, it is my favorite song. Well, you have by journey because, journey because I yeah. thought you might have danced to their song and not known it. What was uh, your first dance uh, song, half Greeny? Half the weddings you go to, that's the first dance. And, ha- and what was yours? Uh, it had to be you. By who? Oh, I love that one. Well, it's been it's been sung by everybody. It had to be you. Which it one? Had to be you. Like the Frank Sinatra. I mean, the
1: band sang that did it. I don't oh, know. gotcha. Uh, Bubba next. <laughs> 41 years ago also Monday the A team <laughs> debuted uh. who you got as Mr T's best role is it the A team or Rocky 3 is that a serious question you know I, yeah. that i consider we know
2: yep i consider Mr T's performance T's Lang as Clubber Lang in Rocky 3 to be one of the two legendary screen performances in American cinema history, there is Olivier's Hamlet, and there is T's Lang. He was that good in that movie. How many times have you said that? <laughs> uh, not enough. <laughs> I love that movie. I love him in that movie. T's Lang is, is is a seminal American screen performance. The fact that he didn't win the Oscar for that is a joke. Who did? Look that up. Who won the Oscar of the year of that movie? I already shut down. Okay. (laughs) Hembo's already punted on the rest of the show. Give me one more quick What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Mm. Yes, prediction. (laughs) Pain. Oh, he's so good in that movie. Today
1: is National Australia Day. Have you ever been to Australia and who you got is the one place you'd like to visit that you haven't? I have been to Australia. It's, I, I went on a golf trip to
2: Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, and Tasmania, nice. plus a little island called King Island that we went to. So, the place I've never been to—you know, where I've never been in my life that I'd like to go—is hmm. the south of France. I've never been down there. I, I would love to go there. How about you, Hembo? You know, I was born. Which in ballpark ba- is it you've never been to? you Would <laughs> like to go to? I
0: was born in Baltimore, but I've actually never been to Babe Ruth's birth house.
4: I've been there. I got to go. It was cool. Uh, by the way, uh, Hobson from Arthur won Best Supporting Actor in 82. Oh, John Gielgud. Yeah.
2: Also a good performance, but not tease line. See you Monday.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch Tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.